Megan Hughes Princess is in your brain and body. Hello friends, welcome to the show. Today I am so excited to be talking with Dio Ajanaku, owner and founder of the Instagram page, The Black Enneagram, where she offers basic Enneagram education through black culture and black images. She regularly engages issues of faith, justice, self-awareness, love, and unapologetic joy. The Black Enneagram is a safe haven for all people, regardless of racial identity, who want to grow in self-love that overflows into love for all. Dio, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit about your story, how you, you know, got to where you are now. Why the Enneagram? Right. So I only got the Enneagram, I think, end of 2019. End of 2019, I was going into my spring semester of my senior year in college. And so uh, I learned about the Enneagram, but I was like, there isn't, I didn't, I felt very connected to it. I felt like I was, I, when I read the description of the type one, because I'm a type one, I felt like it really resonated with me. And so I did what everyone does and they go on Instagram and they find all the accounts and stuff, but I couldn't find a lot that I just like really, that really resonated with me as like a black woman. And so I kind of left the Enneagram alone for a while. And then my senior year, my final, my final semester of my senior year, I was taking a class called Creativity and Innovation in Business, because I was a business major. I think that class and she wanted us to like come up with some like project, some product, some something that like has never been done before. And at the time, my I was I, my perception was that not a lot of people of color were talking about the Enneagram. So my my project idea was to like create this Instagram page and kind of bring something that's novel and innovative into the Instagram Enneagram space. That's how I got started. That was that was 2020 when I kind of launched it. And because of the state of the world in 2020, like there was just a lot of space and a lot of people were talking about just like inclusion, equity, like just like racial justice. And so it just kind of like, it was just very much perfect timing. Like not unfortunately, like like, it's very much perfect timing. And so yeah, that's kind of how the Black Enneagram got started. I created the page really specifically because I wanted to have, because I think there's two sides of the Instagram Enneagram world where it's like people are very serious and like, you know, they're typing you and like, there's a, lot, there's a lot of like content education and there's the more like silly side where, like people are like you know comparing you to like lattes and like hair you know like, <laughs> things are like very like silly and fun and so as time went on I started to when I wasn't um certified at the time that I started learning about the Instagram so I didn't feel comfortable educating people because I was like I don't know what I'm talking about like I'm gonna have fun with this I specifically wanted to use black pop culture so like black television shows black books mm-hmm. black movies black artists black music as ways to show black people that like we are also in this Enneagram thing like the Enneagram is also relevant to us as well and I just kind of finding like a connector being the bridge between the black community and the Enneagram in my own like silly little way but I feel like yeah that's kind of how I I got in you know started with the black Enneagram funny enough I think it was you sharing my page during 2020 that made it become what it is today so thank you I don't think I ever forgot to like formally say thank you but like like, no, like, you really definitely helped, like, the growth of that page become what it is. Yeah, I could not have done I, that. I'm going to I'm gonna stop you right there, and I'm just going to say it became great because your content was good. Like, <laughs> I, I shared it, but if your content wasn't good, people wouldn't have stayed. So, true. Yeah. Very, very true. It, yeah. I, yeah, but I, I came into the space, like, feeling like a, a lot of people are going to have a lot of pushback for me calling it the Black Enneagram. But I think my, I was very, very pleasantly surprised about how, like, welcoming the space was. Like, I did not 
maybe like like one or two people like individuals like douchebags like in general there's kind of like a very open arm like very receptive energy from like everyone just a lot of people wanting to collaborate so I just really appreciated that I don't think that's something I was just very shocked by I didn't expect that because I mean I grew up in Texas and Texas is a mess Houston I thought I grew up in Houston specifically and I grew up in a suburb so I'm just kind of used to having like just assuming that like if they don't look like me, they're they're not gonna <laughs> accept me into their into their like world. That's kind of what I'm used to, and so it was like, oh, wow, like there's spaces where people are really taking their grossness, their anti-racism, their you know their self-development more seriously. That they can have the like the openness to like welcome me into their space, and so yeah. It's so interesting that you were prepared for it to be unwelcoming, but you chose to do it anyway. Right. What what made you feel like, you know what, I'm going to step into that anyway, even if it doesn't go well? I think I'm a type one. I feel like for me, it's just like fairness is a big thing. Like I just felt like this isn't fair. Like why don't we get to also have fun in the indie game space? Like why don't I see black TV shows being typed? And I was like, mm-hmm. I'm, I don't think I have thick skin, but I feel like if I do like – I think it's my, I guess my thought process was, like, if I do encounter some kind of resistance, I feel I was hoping there would be enough people who, like, understood why I was doing it, like, unless, like, either white people or enough black people who are just, like, no, this is important, because I couldn't have been the only one feeling the way that I was feeling about, like, I want to see more black people in this space, so I kind of just had, like, faith that even if I get a lot of pushback, I hope that there's, like, enough positivity to, like, balance it out, but I think I came into it, because I don't know if you know um, Mickey Scott Bay, Jones, um, she's also a black Enneagram teacher, and she wrote an article that was titled, The Enneagram's Not Just for White People, and that article, it came before I decided to make my page, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm not the only one who's thinking this, and so I felt very safe, like, okay, I may not have, you know, an abundance of support, but I may, I, just, I know I have one, I know I have Mickey, I don't know who she is, <laughs> but I know, I, I know there's one person out there who, like, has the same mindset of me, and that kind of gave me, like, the faith and, like, the the desire to still do it even if pushback came so yeah yeah and mickey's a one too so that's interesting yes yes <laughs> she is that's fun yeah so when you know i i learned so much about the importance of the enneagram in terms of like expanding how we talk about it to make it more inclusive to make it more relatable to other cultures because i think it's been so white for so long but I think that you were one of the first people to kind of step into that space, especially on Instagram in a big way. Like, what were you hoping to see when you were like, no, I'll make this space then. If it's not going to be here, I'll create it. What was I hoping to see? I think as someone who, as I think ones in general are very, like, self-improvers. They always want to do better, be better. I really want, because I think the Black community, and this is just my personal opinion, but I think the Black community right now, in a lot of ways, is struggling. I think we're all struggling, but I think mm-hmm. because of, like, the extra, like, layers of things that we have to deal with as Black people, I think we don't even have space and room to think about our mental health. Like, I feel like for a long time, mental health, like, going to therapy as a, in a Black community was so taboo, was so, like, we don't do that. That makes you look crazy. And I think the goal for me was, like, to make that, not crazy to make it be like a good thing for people to go to therapy for people to like actually be intentional about taking care of their mental health for people to be intentional about knowing themselves well enough so like they know when they're going to be triggered so they know like you know they know what their boundaries are like I feel like for me it was just like seeing how I'm also Nigerian so I just seeing how much when you're in survival mode I'm also an immigrant so like you're just all these layers of like we don't have time in general people do not have time to focus on mental health 
or like self-development because they're just focused on survival. Um, there's this like thing in psychology called the, called the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And I think <clears throat> a lot of black people, um, a big portion of our community is at the like bottom or like the bottom portion of it. And there's a few of us that are like, we're going up there, but it's like, we've spent so much of our time um, in history being at the bottom that we don't even know where to start when it comes to growing and self-development, self-actualization. Um, but I think the Enneagram is a really good um, starting place for sure. So I think that's kind of, that was the hope is just that the black community would not see growth, like self-growth, it would not see therapy, it wouldn't see mental health as this like stigma of something to stay away from. And I think that 2020 really, 2020 itself did that, but I think that for me, the bridge was like, okay, yes, go to therapy, yes, do all these other things, but there's something powerful in the Enneagram that I don't want black people to miss. And so, yeah. Do you feel like, like, I'm going to ask a question, and if you're like, I don't want to answer that, I'll just take it out. Okay. Um, but I'm curious if it feels like in 2020, mm-hmm. a lot of labor got put onto mm-hmm. the black community over the last several years, um, and particularly a lot of unpaid labor and a lot of mm-hmm. like education labor. And I think it was a really tricky learning curve as a culture yeah. of like, okay, we want to learn from black people, yeah. and at the same time, it's like we're we're putting black people in this position to do a lot of unpaid labor, yeah. and that paired with the importance of mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, have you noticed like a pattern of like okay, we like a lot of my friends I've watched like overdo it, you know, kind of give 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 give, and then be like, whoa, I actually mm-hmm. need boundaries and need to be paid for the work yeah. that I do. Um, right. Yeah, have you noticed any of that? I think, I don't know, I think that's such a, like, individual question, because I think there's some people who have a unique gift, sorry, <clears throat> who have a unique gift, and they feel like their calling is to be that bridge between white people, black people, um, and there are people who don't feel like that's their gift, or that's not that's not their calling in life, and they don't want to do it, and that's a boundary that they set for themselves, but I feel like it's a very individual thing. I think for myself specifically, um, I think I, there's a fine line for me, um, because I don't, I don't, I don't like the idea of speaking for all black people, or speaking for all, like, all ones or I don't the idea of thinking for everyone is really difficult for me but I think that yes there there definitely is there definitely is or was at that time like a, a demand on black people to like give 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 because I guess at the time white people didn't really understand like we didn't even know where to start but black people know where to, know, know where to start because they've been talking about this for years like this has been our conversation from the beginning yeah. of you know uh arrival <laughs> so like I feel like we, we're just so used to having the conversation that we we we're very open and willing. I think, I don't, I don't know if that's something that you've noticed about the black community, but I've just like noticed, because I'm Nigerian, so I, I think people lump us all into one, and we are one, but I think we culturally grow up differently, where I feel like black people, black Americans are very like open armed people. Like they're very much like, how can I help? Like, how can I serve? I think that can also be a detriment as well. But I feel like that response of black people being like, oh, people have questions, I want to answer them. It's like such a natural, like, thing that for some reason our community like does if that makes sense I don't know I feel like I'm having a hard time answering the question it's so individualized but I I don't know yeah well no I hear the flaw in the question too when you say Mm -hmm. I don't want to answer for all black people like Mm -hmm. I think that's like a very valid that's that's maybe the answer is like I know my experience (laughs) right um so I think that's that's interesting and I I wonder like how 
like so one of the things you talk about kind of in that vein of of personal growth and healing is um what we read in your bio like self-love that flows into love for all and i think that's an like an area that i have had to learn self-love came easy (laughs) wow okay i can self-love like i can i can self-care i can like but um and I think before I learned self-love, mm-hmm. I think the over-sacrificing also came really easy. But kind of finding that balance of how do we create that rhythm of the two, yeah. what what brought that just mm. particular language into? Today's podcast is brought to you by Notion. Now, you know I love Notion. You may also already love Notion. I personally love to use it for my hub on the internet. It has my planner in it. It has all of my commonly used links. It has my budgeting template. It has my travel packing lists. It is basically my life hub. Everything that I need to know is there. It's my second brain. It is everything to me and I love it. Now, I first started with Notion out of desperation. I needed a place to house all of the sites that I regularly visit without distraction. So I started there and then it just spiraled. Once I got the hang of it, I just wanted to use it for everything and I do use it for everything. Now they have launched Notion Q&A, which I use all the time for things like weekly planning, I can ask Notion, what tasks do I usually do on Tuesday? And it will pull the tasks that I typically do. And then I can get a sense of if I've forgotten something that I need to do this week. I also like to ask it things like, what are the themes that we're seeing in this coaching client experience, right? Like if I have a client who I'm, you know, wrapping up our time together I can kind of get a sense of like, what have the themes been here? Because I keep my notes in Notion. I can also go, what should I pack for San Francisco? Because I've been to San Francisco before. I have my packing list there and it can pull the information from my other pages and share with me what I've needed before. It's really cool. It combines your notes, documents, and projects all together in one beautiful space and navigating that And navigating that space is easier than ever thanks to Notion's new feature Q&A. It's an AI assistant that can answer questions about next quarter's roadmap, find that marketing campaign proposal you're looking for, or dig up a long lost link all in seconds. You all know that I run a very complex and layered business. And when your projects get more complex, finding what you're looking for across your entire workspace can be pretty difficult. And that's where Notion Q&A comes in. It answers any question you have, making use of your entire database of knowledge to make sure the answers are actually helpful because they're pulling it from your information. Notion AI can now give you instant answers to your questions using information from across your wiki, project stocks, and meeting notes. If you have an urgent question you'd normally turn to a coworker to answer, just ask Q&A instead. It'll search through thousands of documents in seconds and answer your question in clear language, no matter how large or complex your workspace is. You can also ask Q&A questions from anywhere in Notion, so you can find exactly what you need without leaving the doc you're in right now. 
that can be so helpful with staying focused on what is important. Plus, you can trust your data is secure because Notion AI is designed to protect your information. No AI models are trained with your information, the data is encrypted, and answers will never use information from pages you don't have access to. When you use Notion AI, it's even easier to do your most meaningful work. Try Notion AI for free when you go to notion.com slash egram. That's all lowercase letters, notion.com slash egram to try the powerful, easy to use Notion AI today. And when you use our link, you're supporting our show, which means the world to me. Notion.com slash egram. Thank you, Notion, for supporting the podcast. Into what you do. I think because the type one is always looking for balance. I think that's just like my default. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't want one or the other. I want both. Like, I feel like that's something that one's... Um, our default is to be very binary like yes or no good or bad like it's like we don't really live in the gray and I feel like the both and gave me that ability to live in the gray of like I can love myself very deeply but I don't want that love to stop with me I want it to just go to overflow a lot of I really love like black feminist thought and so a lot of black feminist thinkers and teachers they talk about like what is the point of loving yourself taking care of yourself if that does not also overflow into taking care of people around you like I think black people Mm -hmm. are very communal like we have like a very uh, community oriented way of living and so we don't see our freedom or that I think that's one of the quotes is like you know you if if one of us aren't free none of us are free like that's just not there's just no way to be like oh yeah I have everything I need but then you see your brother and your sister suffering and you think that that's okay so I think the things that I've learned and the things I'm interested in that I you know because I went to also went to women's college and so this is just like it was just I was just surrounded by this type of thinking <laughs> where it's like I can't I, I can't I can't focus only on what, how, what I can get from this, like, Enneagram teaching. I just can't just focus on what I can get from, like, my job. And it has to be, like, how can I take the blessings that I've been given in this life and give it to other people? Um, I don't know. I, I think also, like, I'm in law school as well. And one thing that I do not like about law school is that it's very – it can be very adversarial. It's, like, win or lose. So I'm intentionally not going into that sector of law because I don't like the idea of someone having to lose. Um, but like in corporate law, you can go to it. You can negotiate. You know, you can have a win-win. And I feel like that's kind of my – that's what I desire in life. So I want to see people like there's, there be a win-win. So I feel like me using the, the phrase um, self-love flowing into love for all, it's like I can love myself and I can get what I need to get my needs met without neglecting you and, and like taking from you and extracting from you and exploiting you in order to have what I need. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that phrase that you said if, if- – if not, if one of us is not free, none of us are free. Right. And I think that works really well with the self-love right. and giving love thing because it's like giving as right. If you were, if I'm giving and, and no one's, if one person's not free, then no one's free. But also if I am not taking care of myself, then I might be the one who is not free. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're also, like, seeing it, and I don't want to get political. I know people are on different sides of the spectrum with this, but I feel like we're seeing it kind of with the whole Palestine-Israel thing. Like, mm-hmm. this, like there should be, like, the, the line should not be so hard to delineate um, because at the end of the day, like, we're all one, one human, like, you know, race. And I think one, one thing I heard someone say um, about the Enneagram, specifically bringing it back to that, was how, like, we all have all nine types in us, 
I think when I learned that, I was like, oh, so there really is not much mm-hmm. that separates us. Like, we all need to be, um, to feel like we're good people. We all need to feel loved. We all need to feel like we are valued. We all need to feel like we're unique and special. Like, we all need all of the needs that all nine types, you know, are looking for. Mm-hmm. One is just stronger than the other. But I think for me, it's like, that, I think that learning that helped me, like, put a, a, le- a help me put less barriers between me and other people um mm-hmm. so yeah I don't yeah so I just feel like that 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 phrasing kind of helped me put language to how I want my page to be like I don't want it to be like oh this is this is the black Enneagram and they're the white Enneagram like no like not necessarily that but more so like I, I just want us to be included in the conversation and this is just the mm-hmm. you know this is avenue that I wanted to, to do it in um mm-hmm. so yeah yeah, I mean, I think that makes sense because I think there's something innately inclusive about the black Enneagram, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. if I had the white Enneagram, it would be innately <laughs> exclusive right, um, yeah. because of power structure, right? Like, mm-hmm. so I think it does feel that way. It feels like you're adding rather mm-hmm. than taking or limiting. Right, right, yeah. What is your favorite part about running this account? Oh, gosh. I think... For me, it's when I get to meet people who had the same concern that I had when before I started the page. It's just like, where are my people? Like I've had people come up to me and say, like, when I when they found my page, it felt like this, like heavens open, like, oh my gosh, I found the thing. <laughs> and I feel like for me, that's just like so out of body. Like I don't, I don't see myself that way. I'm just like, oh, I'm just, I'm being silly on the internet. Like I'm not really doing groundbreaking work. I don't feel like I am, rather. And so when people say that, it's just like, oh, like, I'm actually making a meaningful impact on people's lives and making people feel seen, which is something that I've tr- just transparently have really struggled with in my life is feeling seen and, like, people understand and get me and, like, want. I think that's where my, where my four stress wings <laughs> or stress arrow is, comes in a lot is just, like, yeah, like, struggling with that a lot. I think that hearing other people tell me that they feel seen by my work makes me feel seen. So I'm like, oh, you, you understand why I made this. Like, you see that my intentions were pure and they were good. Um, and that it was in order to be to add to the conversation rather than like create division. And so I don't know. I, I think especially when not even especially, but also when like non-black people come up to me and say that as well. I'm like, oh, like mm-hmm. you also get it. Like you're also not taking a defensive <laughs> defensive approach to this. Like you also want to be. You also want black people to be included in this conversation. That also feels mm-hmm. really really good to hear. So yeah, yeah. I I felt that way. I remember being like so excited to see your account because it was it felt like oh right that's you know like this is this is like a a really important piece of this puzzle that like people you know I couldn't contribute to that (laughs) in the same way I also was going to ask you do you I I hear sometimes you'll reference it like I just do the silly little thing (laughs) I just do the silly little thing and I and it's you you say out loud the thing that I felt for so long in the beginning mm-hmm. and that yeah. took me a long time mm-hmm. to start to see, take myself seriously you know and mm-hmm. to feel like I w- I could speak from a place of authority or mm-hmm. it, of like sharing information instead of just entertainment right, right. and I, so I I find it like one I I disagree with you that okay. you're just doing a silly little thing but two I really it feels really good to hear someone name those vulnerable emotions or even like name what for me were vulnerable emotions not yeah. I don't want to put on you that they're vulnerable but right right yeah I don't know I think that how do I actually I was just thinking of something when you were saying that of like why that's my default I think once I'm trying to like a part of me is trying to preempt someone saying that to me 
so that when I hear it, I'm not like, oh, wait, is this silly? Like, you know what I mean? So I feel like that probably is a, a piece of it is just like, I think other, I think because we all see, each, we see ourselves through the eyes of other people or we think people see us as. And so I feel like I'm assuming that people are going to see me this way. So instead of like, waiting for them to say it to me, I'm going to say it and bring, like make it like put it out in the open first. Um, so I don't, it doesn't hurt my feelings as much. I'm like, okay, I'm owning this. <laughs> like I'm owning the silliness of it. Um, which I, I think that's just like a very technical way that my brain personally works. Like I have to like preempt. I think, I don't know if that's a type one thing where it's like, you're always seeing the potential like ways you're missing the mark or messing up or making a mistake. And so you, instead of just ignoring it, like you're going to call it out first um before anyone else can because i feel like i don't know like as one or as has a, as a type one that's like the, the a really bad feeling when someone criticizes or like diminishes your work so it's like let me just not not let me diminish it but like let me let me put myself in a in a space where i feel like people will have less ammunition to diminish it mm -hmm. i'm already like putting it out there like i didn't i recognize that this is not hard hard hitting work um which i think is also and then we're not this is an enneagram podcast so i think that also goes into like the ways that I think black women have been like told to be very very humble about things like you're not that important you're not that big like just calm down and I feel like I've, a lot of that is internalized I'm realizing in this moment right now <laughs> but I've kind of internalized that like yeah don't like when people, I, when people bring up my page like when friends and family bring it up I very much brush it off brush it off like oh it's just like a silly it's just a silly like why are we talking about this but I think as like talking to other people who are doing really important work like yourself I'm like oh like I'm in camps with people like you because the work is, is of value. Um, so I think that's just like work I need to do in, internally and just figure out like why am I like why is why has the societal humbling of Black women now why is it now affecting me and making me try to humble myself before someone else does it to me? So yeah, very tangent. Sorry, but yeah. No, it's stunning. It's it's beautiful to hear you kind of do that work out loud mm -hmm. a little bit and yeah. I mean, and I think we do as a society kind of do that we do that to black women and, and you have to like work harder do everything better and still be humble about it um that's too much yeah. <laughs> like, um, that's too much so yeah. but I do I want to say like I think your work is really important um both in the aspect of bringing inviting people in mm -hmm. to to this work of growth and, and this work of you know, being able to ex explore the Enneagram and then go deeper um, and to kind of providing people a space to have conversations and dialogue and see themselves in different characters. Like, I think that's actually a very, like, underrated way of approaching right. the Enneagram, understanding the Enneagram, because you watch this growth journey yeah. and this character. Exactly. And a lot of times if that character is well-developed, it's like, oh, well, this is what health looks like when I'm untethered yeah. no I completely agree I think that's something I realized when watching this is us because this is us is one of the most like well-developed tv series like ever that I've ever seen mm -hmm. at least like in modern day rather um and I feel like a lot of the characters I think I remember reading somewhere that the characters were developed based on Enneagram types I might that might have been a wrong reading but I think they really were using that like because I think they're they're just too perfectly like aligned with certain yeah. types <laughs> like kind of just really scary how they just are very easily like in those categories um so I feel like you're definitely right like I think that it definitely puts it's like you get to shine a light on yourself without without you watching yourself I think that's the hard part about um mm -hmm. self-development for me was the non-judgmental observation 
part like that beginning piece of just watch yourself do the things um and don't judge it I struggle with that a lot so I think when I'm watching someone else do it I'm like okay she's not me I can see myself in her but we're not the same person um so I just kind of like a distance to it while also there being like a mirror to it um I think is very very powerful so do you have, because I have one, do you have okay. any characters online, like, that you watch who are your Enneagram type who just mm. annoy the crap out of you because it's, like, a little too close to home? Because I, oh I have a theory that we, like, yeah. are annoyed by people who have the same type as us on, the, you know, Absolutely. like, on media. No, I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. I think that the people I can think of right now are not people for some reason that I'm annoyed with. I think I like their characters, even though I think other people would think that they're annoying. Um, <laughs> other people would definitely would think that they were annoying, but I think that for me, because I, I, I this is a very odd thing to say, but I, I, I kind of like my quirks. <laughs> I kind of like yeah, things yeah. that make me annoying. Like I kind of enjoy the fact that I'm like kind of like un, like anal about certain things, and I'm kind of like you know bougie about things. Like I kind of enjoy like all the negative sides of being the one. And so there's a TV character. I talk, I think I talk about this a lot. Um, she's in a show called A Different World. It's a 90s TV show. Um, and her name is Whitley. And she's just, like, the meanest. Like, she's very unkind. She's very pretentious. Like, very bougie, very uptight. Like, just, like, not someone you want to be friends with, honestly. But, like, I understand why she is the way that she is. Like, I, I feel like you get same with her mom. You get same with her dad. And it's, like, I grew up with parents like that. Like, I know what it feels like to always have to be, to feel like you have to be perfect to meet their expectations. Um, and I feel like that, I can get, I understand why that, why she is the way she is because of her upbringing. Um, so I have a lot of compassion for her. Like, I completely understand it. So I think when people, I think she's very misunderstood. I think people see her as, like, oh, she's just such a bully. Like, she's unkind. But I'm, like, well, her parents will bully her. So she kind of has to find a way to... <laughs> find a way yeah. to like you know get that energy out i don't know so i just feel like there are there definitely are people who are type ones who i feel like are a lot like even randall from this is us like he can be a lot to people he's very beloved on the show but i think that there are moments where he's just like okay randall we get it um but even in those moments i'm like i get why he's so like such a stickler about a lot of things um there's this one argument in particular that he had with beth um where i think beth is a nine i'm not sure if that's like a common thing that people agree with but I personally think Beth is a nine and seeing that like nine to one dynamic I'm like oh I can see how the type one can really bulldoze in relationships if the other one isn't like super strong um and so I think that's something that I'm like thinking about and like thinking about the dynamic between my type and other people's because I've seen myself be that way and be a bulldozer unintentionally um but I have a lot of compassion for it because I'm just like I understand why I'm the way that I am like I've thought about this a lot so yes I want to hear what your character is like what are some characters that you see that yeah yeah well I love that I feel a little challenged to be more (laughs) compassionate because I do hear you like using it as a non-judgmental observer like I see you doing it in real time like watching them and saying oh I understand why you are the way you are which is that's all I could ever want for someone (laughs) in the way they speak to themselves you know it's like oh, I understand why you're responding that way and to others, of course. But like, um, so I, it's really cool to hear. Uh, I, I have been on the mindset because I've been, I think about when I watched Gilmore Girls, Lorelai drove me nuts. Like she drove me nuts. I was like, I don't like her. I can't stand to watch her. 
and it's just because she only talks about herself. She talks yeah. so much. She like just makes rash decisions. She yeah. like, you know, is co- like she's just such a seven wing eight. Yeah. And I was like watching it losing my mind. I was like, oh, oh, just you're please. making all the wrong choices. <laughs> like, that's so like, funny. Yeah, but if I were to look at her with compassion, mm-hmm. you know, it's like that is a different story. I probably tell myself a different story about me too, which yeah, is yeah, it's yeah. Good to I hear feel like you I do that, right? Because I feel like with I watched, I'm a huge Gilmore Girls fan. I've watched it like probably three, four times over and over again, the whole season, everything. I love it, so I'm very familiar with the storyline. So Laura, I remember with when I, I remember when we first met Lorelai's mom, I was like, oh. <laughs> Okay, this makes sense. Because I, I, cause I feel like as a child, you have two two options. Like, you literally, you either, as a child with that kind of mom, rather. Because I think her mom is a, either an eight or a one. I think she might be more of an eight. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think with a mom like that, like, you kind of have two options, either to rebel completely or to be super compliant. Mm-hmm. And I feel like she chose, this is what she chose to be rebellious. And I feel, I, and I, I personally would choose to be compliant. I would choose to be obedient. But I, I think because I wish that I was the rebellious kid, I'm like, I like Lorelai. <laughs> I wish I could be like Lorelai. Like, I wish I could just be like, no, like everything's about me. The world revolves around me. Everyone else be quiet. I can't do that. Like, it's not my natural uh, default. So I, but I also can see how that can be very like, oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Like, I don't want to watch it anymore. Like, la, 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 la. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um. What has been, I heard you say, you know, you started with non-judgmental observation. What else has been, like, important to you in your growth journey with Enneagram? I think taking the work from my head to, like, out and talking about it has been really helpful. I live a lot in my mind, and I think that's when, for a lot of people, that's not a really safe place to, like, grow. And so for me, it's my, a lot of my growth has come from talking about it, like having conversations about what's going on in my mind and bringing it to the light. Cause I think it gives it less power when it's out in the in the open. Um, so I think then that that can only happen in community. I think a lot of times any again work happens in isolation. And we're just reading the books, we're just listening to the podcasts. Um, we're not necessarily out and about talking about it with our friends <clears throat> and family and trusted like loved ones. Um, so I feel like that piece has been really helpful for me is talking to people about what's going on with me because I think a lot of people have everyone has wisdom that they can offer me that I don't I don't have in like in my I mean I, I do have it but I think sometimes people can unlock that for you um by bringing their wisdom with them because all the types have different gifts um and all my friends are different types I don't think I attract a certain type more than the other I'm one of those rare people who don't have like a oh I just attract twos like no I feel like I I kind of just have a, a wide, wide array of friends um and so i get to siphon the wisdom from all of them in different ways and i think that i think i don't know i, th- I think doing the enneagram work in community um is really like a big and important thing so yeah mm-hmm. i love that do you um what's next for you where do you see yourself heading i feel like my dream for the black enneagram and i know this is me prematurely, say, prematurely saying this but i may not end up doing this um but I want to take a huge, huge, huge step back from Instagram and actually start having like community gatherings, like monthly community gatherings with black people who are who share the same type um, and let that be the focus of the work. Because I feel like that's like my kind of, I feel like I'm kind of losing 
my passion and gusto for the Instagram portion of it and really wanting to talk to people. Yeah, <laughs> really wanting to talk to people and like connect with people. Um, so I think that it's just starting to feel a lot like a little bit uh, like I don't know the word isn't lonely, but just very much like I don't I'm losing the reason for why I'm doing it because I'm, I'm not really touching people in like life. Um, so I want I really my hope and my dream because I'm still in law school. I'm not done yet. But once I finish and once I'm in a more stable place, I really want to turn the black Instagram into like this like retreat thing where like women of all different types come together. We have like conversations and there are like real medical professionals who come in or uh, mental health professionals rather who come in and have conversations with us. Enneagram experts who come in like that's kind of like the dream for me is to have like a safe space for specifically black people, um, but eventually people of color, all people um, to just have, have like a moment where they can like sit and think about their growth um, without all the outside distractions, which I know is a really privileged place to like be and a privileged thing to ask of people. But I feel like that's like really the hope of the, for the black men again to become at some point, um, just like a safe place, even if it just starts small and eventually becomes this big thing. Um, Cause yeah, I think that the Instagram space has just been, it's, I just feel like as a creative person, um, I've just lost a lot of that, like, just I, meaning behind it. Like, there's just not a lot of meaning behind why, like, why when I post, I'm just like, I don't get the same satisfaction that I would get before. Um, so I'm not sure if, I don't know how you feel about that. Cause I know like it's a kind of affecting all people in the Instagram mm -hmm. space. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah. Yeah. I feel the exact same way. Like I started coaching yeah. again this year cause I was mm -hmm. like, I need to be talking to people. Because it feels so isolating to just be mm -hmm. exporting all the time. Yeah. And I feel like with the Enneagram, so much growth comes from listening. That, exactly. yeah, I think without listening, I feel like my interest, if I'm just exporting and I'm not ever listening, my interest just whoosh, kind of gets lost. Yeah. Dio, I, how do we stay in touch? How do we get connected to you and to your work? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram, obviously, at the Black Enneagram. And I also have been working on my website. It's been years in the making. I'm still not done at all, not even close. But it's called, it's just the um, com. And so, yeah, you can find me there. You can find me on Instagram. Those are the two main places. I'm also, like, working on, I haven't shared this publicly, but I'm working on a book called The Everyday Enneagram. Sent in the manuscript. It's all done. But once that, like, comes out, I would be happy to, like, I'll, you'll see that on my website for sure. Yeah, congratulations. That's so exciting. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on and hanging out. Yeah. It was such a joy. Thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. I haven't talked about this in a while because I've kind of been taking a long break. So this has been great. Yeah, I'm glad you're back. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. <laughs>